Chapter 29 Fill Her Up Luke and crew found Jack's car at a gas station on the outskirts of St. Catharines at approximately 7 p.m. It wasn't hard to spot. The Audi R8 stuck out like a sore dick among pickup trucks and 18-wheelers. I can't believe it's still here. place like this and no one stole it? Eamon asked, talking to himself. Canadians, too nice to steal anything, Luke commented, circling the car looking for exterior clues. We need to get into this thing, he continued. Hold on, Quan said as he walked back to the rover. He opened the rear of the SUV and fished through his backpack and grabbed his laptop. He sat on the edge of the liftgate and plugged a black plastic device into the USB port of his computer. Within a few moments, he was standing by the side of the car with a small piece of black plastic. Universal key fob, Quan said triumphantly. I was able to get the serial number off the car and off the rental car company's server along with the code, he said. Eamon and Luke shot each other a what-the-fuck look as they watched, anticipating failure. Here goes, Quan said, pushing a button. The lights blinked and the car unlocked. Success. The victory celebration lasted less than a minute as they turned their attention to the task at hand, finding Jack. The interior lighting of the car was designed for sexiness instead of functionality. They took out their flashlights and looked through every nook and cranny of the car. The cabin was small, and it didn't take long to conclude that Jack wasn't wadded up on the floorboard, and there was absolutely nothing that would give them a clue to his whereabouts. Quan cut the interior lights and put a blacklight filter on his flashlight. He looked at the car interior once more through the eerie glow. No blood, he said. That's good. Over here, Luke said, pointing to the gas station's mini-mart. The mini-mart was a shithole, with dirt and mud tracked all over the place and a healthy assortment of cigarettes, energy pills, and candy to keep weary truck drivers and travelers awake. A grizzled old fart sat on a stool behind the counter, eyeing them warily through the flickering fluorescent lighting. Hi. We're looking for a guy who left that Audi over there a few days ago, Luke said, trying to sound as upbeat as possible. He's my brother, Luke added, as he pulled out a picture of Jack on his cell phone. You seen him? The old man eyed the phone like it was an alien artifact. Yeah, I seen him, he said. Drove in a few days ago. Had some equipment. Picked up by a pretty lady, eh? The man said. So he met someone here. A woman, you said? What did she look like, Luke asked. I don't know, medium height, dark hair, a ponytail, dressed like one of those French commandos in one of those outfits women wear these days. Outfit, Luke echoed. Yeah, exercise outfit, all tight and black, nice curves, not like you can hide them, eh? He chuckled. Did you talk to them? Did they tell you where they were going, Luke asked. Eh, didn't really talk to them. They came in for a minute, looking for something. Heard them say they were going to town. Then they left in her car, the man said. What kind of car? Luke prodded. Same as yours, only black, the man said. You said they were going to town. Which one? Luke asked. You know, town, as in Toronto, eh? The man said, looking at Luke as if he was a slow learner. Any place specific? Luke asked. The man just shrugged, visibly tired of Luke's questions. They thanked him and walked out to the rover. 
Is it just me, or do you think that old man's fucking with us? Luke asked. Quan and Eamon looked at each other as if maybe the other one knew something that the other didn't that wasn't obvious. Quan spoke up first, as always. I didn't pick up anything unusual. He was actually quite helpful, Quan said. Luke did a double take to make sure he wasn't losing his grip. Then he took a deep breath. Yeah, it was still there. He knew the old man wasn't telling the whole truth. It was that thing again, that same little gift that helped him win big at poker. His ability to sense the truth, and more importantly, sense bullshit when he heard it. Okay, here's what I want to do, Luke said, coming out of his momentary trance. Eamon and I are going to go to Toronto and find Richard Long. Quan, you stay here. I have a feeling we may need to spread out and keep nimble. Keep after Jack's phone and see if you can pick up where Eamon left off with the hotel video from Caesars. Eamon looked at Luke as if he had just called his work inferior. I already went through that, he said defensively. Just a new set of eyes, Luke said reassuringly. Plus, we may need him to coordinate our efforts and set up a command center of sorts. He turned back to Quan. Find a decent hotel with good Wi-Fi near here. Some place to work out of. Just make sure your phone is charged. We're going to go visit Richard Long and see if he can shed a little light on things with Greenleaf and the fuckhead that Jack was supposed to meet with. We'll be in touch regularly. Luke looked up at the Audi. Can that key fob you just made start it up? He asked. Quan looked at Luke sideways, then pressed a button on the fob. The Audi roared to life. A big smile came across Quan's face. For the first time in a long while, Luke could tell he was happy to be left behind. Quan grabbed his gear and threw it in the Audi. Luke and Eamon walked over to the rover and patted Bosco, who had his head hanging out of the window. They jumped in the car and drove like hell to Toronto. The old man in the mini-mart watched their discussion outside while perched on his stool. When they left, he picked up the phone. Magnus Johnson answered quickly, and the old man could tell he was in no mood for bullshit. So, you told me to call if anyone came looking for the guy that came around here a few days ago, eh? The man said. Yes, Magnus replied. Well, three guys just showed up, and I did what you told me to. I sent them off to the city, the man said. What did they look like, Magnus asked. I don't know. Two white guys and a black guy. The white guys had blonde and red hair. They're all young-looking, but, uh, hell, everybody looks young to me these days, the man said. You get their names? Maybe from a gas receipt? Magnus asked. Nah, didn't buy gas. One of them said he was the guy's brother. I sent him down the road toward town like you asked me to, the man said. Very good. Thanks for letting me know, Magnus said. Magnus sat on the edge of his desk and didn't move for a full two minutes. This isn't good, he thought to himself. How the hell did Luke Glasser and friends get here so fast? Jack Glasser didn't even know where he was going once he made it to Canada. Serena Green had kept that to herself. Did they track his rental car? That had to be it, Magnus thought. Magnus felt his chest tightening. He had to assume the worst and not underestimate the brother. He made a phone call to his security team in Toronto making sure they kept a vigilant eye on Richard Long and the Greenleaf offices in case Luke showed up. Long's phone was monitored, and Magnus knew Luke had called him. 
He just hoped they took the bait and showed up in Toronto and were resourceful enough to track Long down. He exhaled deeply as he hung up, thinking about Richard Long, his COO, and why he hadn't killed him off sooner.